Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Book a dream holiday in Western Australia and experience a new level of luxury with Qatar Airways. Discover premium wines in the Margaret River region, where towering forests meet turquoise oceans, and sunny Perth, where you'll enjoy not just fine wine, but fine dining too. But before your adventure begins, savour signature delicacies made with seasonal ingredients on the multiple award-winning Qatar Airways, where you'll experience the exceptional. Visit qatarairways.co.uk slash Perth for more information. Our podcast might contain the occasional mild swear word or adult theme. Hello and welcome to Dish. I am Nicholas Grimshaw and opposite me across the kitchen island today we have the legend, the icon, Angela Hartner, MBE OBE. You never say Nicholas. You're no, I know. It's a remix for December. I always call you Nicholas. You do call like me Nicholas. Mother. Nicholas. Um, how are you? Very well, thank you. And you're good self? Yeah, I'm good. I feel excited. It's Christmas. I could put some fairy lights on you mm. and you would light up with that pink jumper. Yeah, look at that. Nice festive jumper on. We've got mulled wine on the go. Marvellous. What are we eating today with our mulled wine? So, we've got a fantastic organic leek and mushroom chicken pie. Mmm. Now you will, and I say this in absolute terms of being very sort of, you know, regional, crust on the bottom and underneath or not? When my mum would make a pie, she'd just do the top. Okay, oh good, that's fine. Are you just doing the top? Just doing the top. Also, you would risk something quite serious and something quite appropriate for today if you do do a bottom. A soggy bottom. Yes, indeed. And you don't want to risk a soggy bottom with our guest today. We certainly don't. They coined that phrase. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Join us for a pie today. Mary Berry's coming on. I know. And actually, you're wearing one of Mary's colours. She loves pink as well. Does she? She looks gorgeous in pink. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe Mary can have a little jumper (laughs) share. Little swap today. So Mary Berry's come in, which I'm dead excited about, and it feels extra Christmassy. Right. I feel yes. there's certain people that I'm like, they're Christmas. Indeed. Mary yeah. Berry's one of them. That's the Christmas you want to go to, Mary's. Oh my god, yeah. Should we welcome our guest then? Yes. Should indeed. we do this? We've been very excited that she's joined us. Simply iconic when it comes to food, <laughs> the share of baking. A round of applause, please. For the legendary, the one, the only, Dame Mary Berry. <laughs> yeah! Do you ever think about going just Mary, like Cher, <laughs> like Madonna, Mary? Oh, Delia. Yes. Oh, Delia. Oh, Delia's like done it. Delia's yeah. just Delia. It's just Delia. Yeah. Oh, I think they might not find me, so I'll, I'll keep to two. <laughs> Berry's a great surname, though, isn't it? You don't want to lose Berry. Also, slightly Christmassy, isn't it? Berries and stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe that's right. Yeah, Yeah, we do. So, Mary, you have a Christmas special on the telly. Tell us all about it. It's the ultimate Christmas, and it's a fairly classic Christmas. It's the sort of Christmases I've been doing and have got better and better as the years go by. And you have, of course, Angela as one of the guests. And Monica Galletti Uh and Rylan. What a collection. What a gang. All people that I admire. That's in a, different ways. In I different ways, yeah. Yeah, some are cooking, some are funny. Gosh, we had a ball, didn't we? We did, yes. Ryland was there picking sprouts. <laughs> he wasn't quite sure what a sprout was. He knew we didn't like them, but uh, oh, he does now. He does now. Oh, yes. Only Ryland wouldn't not know what a sprout was. 
Mary, we thought we could start because it's December now uh, with a mulled wine. Do you like mulled wine? I do. Yeah, I love mulled wine. Yeah, yes. I love a mulled Glue wine. Uh, it reminds me of when you, when you come down skiing and you've been absolutely exhausted mm-hmm. and knackered and fallen over and whatever, and you get to the bottom and what do you get? Mulled wine, blue wine. Well, cheers, Mary. Cheers. Lovely to see you. So who made this Lovely to see you. Well, the good people people at Waitrose made this. This is their very own mulled wine. But you made it, It comes already made. Comes ready made. It's a Spanish mulled wine. Okay. And I just put in, it doesn't say do this. It says you can remix it how you like, though. They said you can, you know, throw in a cinnamon stick or a bit of orange. So I did. Well, you did You did strain yourself, didn't you? Just putting in. I did, yeah. I put a cinnamon you stick put a in dash and some of brandy orange. Yeah. Oh, a bit of brandy. Go on, Mary. Brandy in the wine. <laughs> I really love Christmas and, uh, you know, I've been doing a few Christmases in my town mm-hmm. and, and it's all a matter of being sort of sorted and organised. I mean, there was the time when I did everything on the back of an envelope, then lost the envelope or whatever. <laughs> you know, I start with a big sheet of paper and think, I ought to order my turkey. You know, uh-huh. And then, you know, you tick things off mm-hmm. and it's a great thing to be ticking things off that you've done to get ready for Christmas. Oh, I do love a list yes. of Christmas. Have you done all your puddings and cakes and everything like that? Well, actually, this Christmas, we're going to Annabelle, our daughter, and she's said what we're all doing. I'm doing the turkey. Right. And I roast the turkey at home, and I've learnt not to overcook it. Yes. So many times, even I have overcooked it. This time I'm cooking it without foil. I shall cover it with foil once it's done. Then I shall put uh, some tea towels over the top. I've got an old sleeping bag that's got... (laughs) No shit. What? And I put that over the top in the corner of the kitchen. And then I shall take that in the back of the car it's to Adam. insulate. But you've got this. Love the sleeping bag. Yeah. Why not? On a turkey. Keep it nice and warm, you see. I know, just it, it really goes, imagining that. Nick, it goes, once you take it out of the oven, it goes on cooking. Oh, yeah. And so if you want to insulate that, and so I shall pop it in the back of the car and it'll. we'll be having drinks and having lots of jollity and then we will carve it and then we'll be like get the sleeping bag (laughs) and the good thing about that is as well great for the turkey and then come glastonbury time yeah your sleeping bag smells like turkey (laughs) which is a nice christmas i hadn't thought of that but seriously it's you know if you're sharing christmas if you've only got one oven and you've got lots of people you know it's a good idea i'm doing the trifle and and i'm doing Mm. trifle on my christmas program it's the best. Oh. A proper trifle. Really is the best. Talk Nick through the trifle. Yeah, tell us about the trifle. I do love a trifle. And he's actually very into cooking this one. So for my trifle, I, I choose a glass dish, mm-hmm. uh, preferably with straight sides. What I do is I take trifle sponges and I split them and fill them with strawberry jam. And I then take the trifle sponge and cut it in half. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like a sandwich. Cut it in half and press that up against the side of the actual dish you're doing it in. And then I use canned pears, yes, not fresh pears, canned pears, and I save the juice and I make the juice up to a certain amount with sherry. So it's a sherry trifle, okay? (laughs) And then I also put custard, very important, Mm -hmm. and, and amaretti biscuits in the layer. And the custard, I don't make it. 
And I've found, I've tried all the delicious custards that there are, the very expensive ones, but the one I use is a tinned one mm. because it's thicker. But to make it special, lashings of fresh cream in that whipped. <laughs> and then we made a caramel. Just a word on making caramel. Put the sugar and water in the pan. It must be a stainless steel one, not a non-stick one, yeah. because otherwise it will separate immediately or crystallise. And you just dissolve that over a low heat until it's, you can see through it and the sugar's dissolved. Then boil rapidly and put your ear to it. And when it begins to get quiet, look at the colour. It's a lovely straw colour. Oh. Take it off and then have a sheet of non-stick paper on a baking sheet, which I fixed down with a little bit of butter, otherwise the paper slips all over. <laughs> then you pour it and zigzag it all over the cross. Uh, and it looks much easier than doing sponge oh, sugar. That is a good taste. And it goes it's hard. Clever. It's very And clever. you break those into shards and stand it up on top of the trifle oh, yeah. at the last minute. And it looks brilliant, tastes wonderful. I've never said this before, but can we have a round of applause for the trifle? <laughs> Look at that. Wow, then. Angela. Okay, that looks like a pie in a film about a pie. Like, that <laughs> looks amazing. I mean, that's jolly well perfect. It hasn't shrunk. Oh. It's got that lovely thick crust at the sides. And thank goodness you haven't put pastry underneath because that's too much and it might have a... Soggy bottom! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I bet you wish you'd never bloody said soggy bottom. It must be like the bane of your life. When I was first cooking, I remember state my uh, uh, teacher of home economics, mm -hmm. it was called domestic science then. Mm. And I can remember Miss Date saying, uh, we mustn't have soggy bottoms. So there's nothing new about it, really. Uh -huh. It's come through the generations. Yeah. Angela, I feel like this pie looks so good that Shall we should I just you, put it in a museum yes. and not eat it. Doesn't it look just perfect? It nothing fancy perfect. on top of it. Cuts like a dream. And what have we got on the side? So we've got some Cavallo Nero right. with uh, some bacon and shallots. Which you can do, similar thing, with your sprouts at Christmas. Gosh, oh, this, this looks, looks good. so good, Angela. There we go. And um, is this quite easy to do? Do you think this is a yeah. good sort of Christmas, not a Christmas day, but like a good over Christmas No, but I think if you one? do have leftovers, it's a good way of using turkey. Oh, up, yeah, turkey know. pie. Wouldn't this be turkey perfect? Turkey pie, yeah. It's a good way. I'll give you some. I'll give you a, Ooh, a little pastry bit. And how do we feel about making pastry or just getting puff pastry from the shop? Get puff pastry from the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I, life is too short. Yes, thank you, <laughs> to Mary. To make puff pastry. <laughs> and it takes skills, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, you can buy such good... You have the choice of one with butter, uh, one uh, with other fats. I always use it, and it just needs a little bit of thinking about it that you've got to get it out of the fridge just so you can roll it. Mm -hmm. Or you can even buy ready-rolled pastry. So yeah. Wow. It's, this has got tarragon in. Yes, indeed. Oh. A little bit of tarragon. So we've got organic chicken, leek and mushroom puff pie. Mmm. I've got it in my mouth. Yeah. But if you want to get this recipe, or any of the recipes that we do, go on waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. You'll find them all there. So talk to me, Mary, because, you know, I first saw you on the telly, but your cooking story and your, you know, um, career in food happened you know, way before you were on TV. What was the first thing that made you fall in love with food that made you want to pursue a career in, in food? Well, at school, 
my school days were not memorable, really. Mm. My favourite subjects were break. (laughs) (laughs) She's got an A in break. And games, and games, and games. And so at the beginning of term, I used to get... I was at Bath High School, and I used to get to the back of the classroom to bag the desk at the back so I wouldn't be bothered with teachers. Mm. When I was uh, about 12 or 13, you were told that you would do Latin and maths. Well, that's a joke for a start. (laughs) (laughs) And then newly founded was domestic science. Mm -hmm. And that was in another building from school. And there was the most wonderful lady, Miss Date, and she began to say when I was, I was really interested in this, it was food, we could eat it, mm-hmm. take it home, little portions. And so she praised me a lot because I worked really hard at it and I wanted to please her. I remember taking home my very first thing that was made in a candleless cup because it was wartime. And it was a treacle syrup pudding for one. And, you know, you put the golden syrup in the bottom and the sponge on top. And I took it to Dad and he said, this is better than Mum's. Oh, wow. That was, wow. And he wasn't one to give praise. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so that was the subject that I was uh, good at at school. And when it came time to leave, my parents went to see Miss Blackburn. And she sort of was huffing and puffing and looking each side. Well, what could she do? (laughs) I, I suppose she could be a children's nurse. And my father said, well, I pity the children. (laughs) And then she said, well, she's rather good at cooking. So the moment I went to college, and I hadn't enough subjects in school, third or whatever it was then, so I had to do catering, which I'm very pleased of because you didn't need as many results Mm -hmm. to do that. So I went and did catering, which I absolutely loved. But I always wanted to show people to cook. So once I'd left, two or three years later, I went and did city and guilds teaching course that set me on my way and I've always loved teaching because it's the subject I love and can do and there are so many people who aren't academic and I've noticed when I've been doing say something like Bake Off you get the next day on the computer a picture of a little person a little uh, with a pie that perhaps or whatever we've been doing and it's a bit squiffy and almost right, with two proud parents behind. And that child has never been praised for anything because they're not academic, and yet they start to bake or to cook. And to to be a teacher, which I consider I am, is very, very rewarding. And I love to show people a quicker way, you know, have a better Christmas. Did you learn lots from your mother? Because she was a good cook, your mother. Mum was a very good cook, Mm. but it was wartime and it was precious. And I think she thought perhaps... Couldn't really be frivolous. Yes, exactly. So the answer is um, mum cooked uh, frugally and absolutely delicious things, but I didn't really... It was in school that um, Miss Date... And I kept up with her till the till she died. And she was at um, she had a, went to a nursing home in Moncton Coombe near Bath. And I remember sitting on a sofa with her, and she said, "I followed you through." Aww. And it's she said it was rewarding for her. She yeah, was a lovely lady. Lovely. And, you know, I meet other people who say, "Wasn't she a wonderful teacher?" Oh wow! So she's left a legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's amazing that you had that teacher, and amazing for her to get to see you do everything you know that was inspired from her oh she was an inspiration Mm. to me Angela you're you know when we had Marcus Waring on and we we talked about the the picture of all the chefs Mm. you were the only 
woman chef in that in yeah. that picture was it quite male dominated when you when you started out well there were in magazines there were it was Katie Stewart who I admired enormously yeah. mm. there were it was on magazines and things it was all women right different from the chefs yeah it was more yeah because you'd have food writers that right. were female You'd have, like you say, the magazines, and then in the restaurants, it was all men, wasn't it? Yes, that sort except of way. For people like Joyce Molyneux yeah. and mm. you know some very wonderful women were there, mm. but it was it was men who cooked, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's weird how it's all changed. Well, thank the Lord it has. But it's wonderful that it has changed, and my husband doesn't cook anything. Does he not? No, he's very good at supplying the wine. Right. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that is important. That's very. That important. is very important. Very vital. I mean, together, that's a dream team. Yeah, exactly. Absolute dream team. And then you went to study in France. I did. I went to the Paris Cordon Bleu. I was in a job at the time. I paid for the accommodation, which was a hostel, mm-hmm. and my boss he paid for the education. And so I went, and I had no idea what it was. And I can remember walking up the street, and I saw a bakery, and I checked the number on the letter, because everything was uh, written there. And I opened the door of this bakery, and there was a little dumpy lady behind the counter. And I said, uh, je cherche Madame Brassard. That was about all the French I could do. <laughs> and um, she said, je suis... Madame Brassard. And I thought, but well, this is a cookery school. And I said, as I was asking for the school and whatever, and there was a little staircase going down, and she said, en bas, en bas, downstairs. So I went downstairs, and the floor was wooden with sawdust all over it, and nearly all the other people were American. And they insisted on doing it in French. I then looked in the visitor's book, and Katie Stewart had been there, oh, and wow. Muriel Downs who started the Cordon Bleu in London. It was definitely a thing that that's where people thought if you were going into catering or wanted to go... Because my mum kept saying to me, why are you going off to college to do history? Go to France, do a Cordon Bleu course. Mm. And that was the course you did. You know, you went on. Was Cordon Bleu... Because it's a name I always hear, obviously, but is it a school or a specific course? A school. Right. It's a school. Mm. But there was no structure to the course, really. And, of course, now there's great structure to it and it's a very good course. I mean, the one in Paris is good, the one in in England is good. On the CV, it doesn't half look good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whenever I went for a job or to do anything, they sort of looked, oh, Paris, Cordon Bleu. Mm. And, you know, they sort of bowed to it. Yeah, of course they would. But little do they know it was sawdust in a basement. No, but I think the most important thing, and I will say to all the young that are... uh, working with food it's experience mm-hmm. and the more experience in your university vac and your school vacs mm-hmm. if you can get in there and help and do and really work at it and smile and be enthusiastic on the cv it'll look better than other people who've done sweet penny adam yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love that expression sweet i penny love adam. that expression so much is there anything that you learnt there that you still remember or something that you still retain from there no no <laughs> good money yeah. well spent i learned <laughs> much more at the domestic science college in bath mm-hmm. i had very good tutors there and i can remember all sorts of things i remember making phyllo pastry and that was an occasion when we were mucking about because you had to pull it 
Mm. And we were pulling it and having fun, and I've never made it since. <laughs> it's like puff pastry. Why make puff pastry? Why? It lasts and filo sure. pastry, um, I, it's great, but mm. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> God, can you have a word with Neil? He was trying to make it for three days on the trot. Was he? Oh, he was making it for some pastry chef that was going to the French house. And every night I had to live through the tribunals of why it wasn't working. I'm going to say, Mary doesn't make it. Stop making it. Yeah, if it, Mary doesn't make it. it. That's my, that's going to be on my And Angela life. doesn't make no, it. don't make it. Two strikes, no points. So how did the TV come about? The TV, at the very, very beginning, there was somebody called Arthur Negus, yeah. who uh, had an name. antiques programme. And I was asked to go uh, to Bristol, because I lived in Bath. I was to cook, uh, I did a Georgian dinner and a Victorian dinner. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it was all researched. And I had to do an udder pie. Udder. Right. Right. One, okay. two, three, four. Yeah, okay. And uh, so the udder was delivered to my parents' house in Chalk and Bath. The first thing I did, which was very saucy, I cut off one of the teats and put it through my brother's letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lived up the road. Standard. <laughs> so what you used the whole udder not just the teeth the whole, no the it was whole... at the bottom part of the udder right. but it came with four teats and the bottom part of the but was it like tripe it must it, have had no, that no it was just name. very very gristly right. and white and um, like it was calamari. tough I cooked it a lot yeah. a bit like clam, yeah. uh, calamari yeah. uh, so I went and did those and Humphrey Littleton was on the panel I remember what else did I have to... Oh, sparrows. I had to cook sparrow, roast sparrows. Oh, my God. And, um, oh, it was Victorian. We forgot. Yeah, yeah I forgot. Yeah. I was like, what was going on? But that was the... Yeah. And, and the BBC in Bristol delivered the sparrows mm. in a bag to my parents' house. And I said, I will cook them, but I cannot take the feathers. So they took them back. Took them back. I also had yeah. to cook pike and carp. I mean, oh, it was wow. a great lesson for me. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. So let's talk about the fact that you have published, which I'm obsessed with and found this out only this morning, more than 75 books. 75 books? (laughs) What? No, no. That's a bookcase. I am very fortunate to Mm. have amazing help. Lucy Young came 32 years ago. Mm -hmm. We've worked together and we now do a series a year and a, a book a year. And it's, it's a te- team effort, and we love doing it. And how do you go about doing it with recipes? Do you just have, like, a little test in your kitchen and try things out on your family? Well, we're, we're a team of three, and a, a Lucinda as well, and we, we sit down on a rainy day and think, now, what are we enjoying? What shall we have? Mm-hmm. What will we not do? I brought you, for example, some cheese uh, straws. So we started off thinking... What do we really want with a cheese straw? And so we, we made one lot and they crumbled, so we decided to add an egg to it. Then we wanted it even more cheesy, so we took some of the butter out of it, the richness in butter, and put more cheese in. And I think we've arrived. You know, we love experimenting, tasting and getting a recipe right. And then we've got to write it in a way that... If there's a tricky part of the recipe and it's going to curdle, we've got to tell people. Mm-hmm. And what if it does curdle? How can they get out of it? You know, they don't chuck it in the bin. We tell them to get another <laughs> egg or whatever. You know, we want to hold 
the hand of the person who's yeah. following our recipes. Yeah, and I think as someone that's not a cook like you two at all, there's always a sense of panic for me when I'm cooking. If I see something wrong or I'm reading a recipe and I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And the one thing that I've learned of Andrew is like, relax. So I like that idea of you saying that you hold the yeah. hand of the of the baker or the cook. Yes, I Because we need that. We do. <laughs> we do. But, no, but I think everybody, you know, you want to make it a joy to do mm-hmm. and be comforting. I mean, yeah. it's really when, when I'm judging, the one thing I want to do is to give some positive thoughts. If something goes down in the middle, the person who's cooked it is so upset and mm-hmm. it didn't do that when they were at home. As a judge, if I come along and say, but the flavour of that is quite something you put a little bit more lemon than everybody else and it is perfect Mm -hmm. you know they don't want i don't want tears no you don't want tears that's what they said to me on bake-off when i i did the stand you did a celebrity yeah and i had some disasters in the like the the, i made like an icing that sort of went a bit funny and lumpy i tried to make like candied beetroot for a chocolate cake and it it was soggy it wasn't crisp but they they did say it tastes all right though and i did it did stop me crying <laughs> because I did practice at home but when I was doing it at home I was spending like two hours and then when you get in they're like you've got 45 minutes I was yeah. like what <laughs> I forgot about the time yeah that was my that was quite my crucial and um, shall we have some dessert we I feel can. like December I want dessert with like breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> and a bit of January too so we are having a Yule log a Christmas classic but Angela we have decided to get this one from Waitrose and the reason is one we love a Yule log very festive but also because Waitrose donates 25% of the retail price of these logs sold to the Building Happier Futures Fund which supports Action for Children and Who Cares Scotland which are brilliant charities who help young people from care you can find out more on waitrose.com forward slash happier futures nice. so if you get one of these a quarter of the price will help somebody at Christmas so that's nice isn't it it looks Tremendous, beautifully finished. I'd be proud if I piped that. Yeah, it looks so tempting. It's very fun. And uh, you've put a few raspberries around the outside, which is lovely. But it 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 looks so tempting with a little bit of icing sugar over the top. Yeah, marvelous. Mary, do you get this time of year inundated with people being like, "Oh, Mary, you wouldn't just make me a quick batch of mince pies, would you?" I don't. On the whole, I think I'm a bit fierce. So how many years did you do Bake Off, Mary? Seven. Seven? Wow, wow I didn't know I that. loved every minute of it. Mm. Yeah. And it became so huge, didn't it, the show? It really took over. Like, the country totally fell in love with mm. it. The idea from Anna Beatty, it was a format, and it will always be good. Mm. It's a brilliant format. It is encouraging everybody to bake. Yeah. We were uh, had such fun, mm. and Mel and Sue and Paul oh. and me... We used to play cards when when there were downtime, mm-hmm. uh, all funny, jokey things. Oh, fun. What a nice show to do. And also that's such a mad concept when you think about it. Like, the fact that it became so huge, it's such a simple premise. Yes, but it, it worked. And, of course, it, it was a godsend during mm-hmm. uh, COVID for but those who, particularly young people, mm-hmm. who were cooped up mm-hmm. in COVID, they could actually bake and do things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Mary, I wanted to talk to you about Ibiza because there's this wonderful (laughs) rumour 
that Mary Berry went to Ibiza and got right on the tequila. <laughs> no, but I've heard this rumour before. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we went to uh, Ibiza because a great friend, Patrick, was getting married to a girl from Ibiza. Mm-hmm. All the wives, we had one thing, one place we wanted to go to, and it was Pasha. <laughs> and um, the, the men weren't a bit keen, but they came. <laughs> and I can remember thinking, this is terribly exciting. And uh, I can remember going up the steps into Pasha and then somebody came forward and stamped you. Oh. And I mean, this is years ago. I mean, Patrick's got two daughters now, you know, sort of in their teens. And we had that stamp, and they've been stamped before. I thought, will it ever become off? And then we got inside, and the, uh, the boys went one way, and we went the other because they didn't really want to be there. And it was like a rabbit warren. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, you, it, it was narrow. And lots of floors and lots of paths and everybody was drinking and smoking and, and in fact there was quite these fumes coming to <laughs> and it suddenly struck me that you know if there was a fire would we ever get out <laughs> but even it was good fun and um, we, I know what goes on inside yeah I love I love that you went to Pasha I love it so much Mary thank you so much thank you for joining us. Did you have fun? Yes. Oh, good. Thank you so You're much for coming. You're the best guest. We love you. Well, I know Angela quite well, and I knew she wouldn't drop me in it. <laughs> <laughs> Headlines tomorrow. Mary Berry hits Pasha Nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, and Mary's Ultimate Christmas is on the telly on Monday, 19th of December, so make sure you watch it with Rylan, Monica and Angela. Amazing. Uh, Mary, have a great Christmas. I'm looking forward to it. I'm almost ticking off the boxes as the days yeah. go by. Have you I found the, um, the sleeping bag? Is it in a safe sleeping place? Bag's ready. Oh, that'll Is come it? out again. Yeah, that'll sleeping bag's again. ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mary Berry, everybody. Thank you. If you would like to recreate today's dish for your friends or family or maybe a stranger in the street, head to waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. That is where you'll find all the meals we've ever made on the podcast. Follow Dish wherever you get your podcast so you'll get it delivered to your device every week. And if you enjoy it, please leave us a great review. If you don't, listen to something else. <laughs> we can't all have a Michelin star chef in the kitchen, but you can get some Michelin star advice. Email your questions for Angela, whatever they are, to dish at waitrose.co.uk. Waitrose, food to feel good about. 